0: I will wear anything for my grandkids okay uh, it's I hope that you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year okay and let me give it up to you we made it to 2016 we need to pray Uh, let's give a shout out to Frisco okay let's give Frisco a hand as well as Doug Hankins he had nasal surgery this past week okay and to be honest he was supposed to teach this morning but uh, you know what I am glad to be back in the pulpit and cannot wait for this coming year as we launch off in some new areas for our, our own spiritual growth well I wanna start off with a question, and that is this. In this past year, in the year 2015, had you ever had the thought that you wanted a fresh start? Maybe a fresh start in your career, or with your credit cards, or a relationship, or with your health, or in your faith. Well, what I wanna tell you is that it's not too late to have a fresh start. And the thing with fresh starts is that they're not just limited to you and I as adults. Fresh starts are for students, they're for kids. Fresh starts aren't just for Christians either. If you're here and you're checking out God for the very first time, a special welcome to you. God has a fresh start for you as well. I know a lot of Christians, however, that need fresh starts. They feel like their spiritual life is is on a treadmill. They're not making any progress. Maybe you're a fan of Jesus, but now you want to become a follower of his. You want your relationship to be more than just dry morsels. You want to go deeper with God. Well, if any of these scenarios describe you, welcome to the human race. That is why many of us love New Year's, because it feels like we're getting a fresh start. I really think that most of us here are addicted to new, are we not? We like new cars. We like new clothes. We like new shoes. We, we, we like new spouses. That's a different subject matter, okay. We like new And maybe it's because we, with new, we feel like this is going to be it. And so we go out and we buy new products that have been labeled new and improved, but they've been new and improved a gazillion times. What's new about them isn't that they're new, it's just new marketing. In fact, this past holiday season, I went out and bought some new and improved Crest toothpaste, the sensitive kind. And guess what? When I got home, it didn't taste any different but I bought it because it was new and improved. Here's the good news. God loves new too. God is all about new. He sees the new ahead of you and he wants to get you there. We're gonna take a look at a passage in Isaiah 43, or in Isaiah, but starting out in Isaiah 43 where God comes to Isaiah and he says, Isaiah, do I have something new for you? Take a look at this in Isaiah 43, verse 19. For I am about to do something new. I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wastelands. God says, I see the new. I know how to get there. And by the way, I want to take you along. And so I want to ask you this question. Is there some part of your life that you would like to have new and improved? Folks, the same promise that God gave to Isaiah, he gives to you and I. Let me introduce this guy, Isaiah, to you. He is an Old Testament prophet. He was born more than likely in Uzziah, King Uzziah's reign. It was a pretty stable environment uh, in his upbringing, okay? Uh, King Uzziah was a good king until the last, so to speak, year or so of his reign. Isaiah, in his book, is in the first half of the Bible, and he has this vision, and he's recording it, and this vision is about God and himself. It is one of the greatest fresh starts in the Bible. And today what I want to do is I want us to take a look at a fresh start and then talk about what we can learn from Isaiah and how it applies to our life so that we can be different. Isaiah chapter six and verse one says this, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the sound of their voices uh, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. And then Isaiah speaks here, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with thongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, that is Isaiah, here am I, send me. Now, under this passage, what I want you to do is I want you to write in the fresh start that you are wanting, the vision that you have for this next year. Before we move on any further in this text, I want this to be practical for you. Frisco, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to think through what area of your life that you, that you want to have a fresh start in. Maybe it's in your faith. Maybe it's with your health. Maybe it's in some relationship that you have. Maybe it's in regards to your finances, okay? Maybe it's a habit that you you wanna break. I don't know what it is, but make this message practical by getting this in the forefront of your mind. And if you need to write it in code because you're afraid someone's gonna look over your shoulder, you can do that. Now, in Isaiah's vision here, He really lays out five actions and five questions that you and I need to look at in order to have a fresh start. And the first action that we see in Isaiah's vision for his life is simply this, will you write this down? You have to identify the pain. Folks, I've been involved in ministry almost 40 years, which means that I've been around the block a few times. And what I have discovered is this, that we are all hurting somewhere. And if you and I are going to make progress in that hurt, we need to identify it. And this is where Isaiah begins. Look at Isaiah. In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now it's pretty obvious that that verse is a a reference to a date, to a year. It is a chronological reference. Reference saying in the year that King Uzziah or in the year King, of King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Why did this shake him? It's because he'd been under Isaiah or Uzziah's leadership for at least fifty-two years. It was a stable time. It was a good time. It was a time of prosperity. But then all of a sudden, Uzziah dies. You see, what stands out to me is the word "died." Why did Isaiah start his vision within the year that King Uzziah died? It, folks, it's because of some of the most significant fresh starts in a person's life appear after some kind of significant pain. And that pain may not have anything to do with a physical death. It may have everything to do with a, 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 the death of a career or the death of your finances, or the death in one sense of of good health, death of a relationship, whatever it is, somehow, some way pain is involved. Now, in order to have a fresh start, you not only have to identify the pain, but you've gotta start asking some questions. And the question that you ask yourself is simply this, why? Why should I change with the pain that's been introduced into my life? Now, at first glance, that may seem like a a very simple question, and it is a simple question. But oftentimes, the answers to simple questions are hard to admit. Would you not agree? You see, what I have noticed is that a lot of people walk right past their pain without identifying it. They disguise it. They pretend that it doesn't exist. Maybe you know of some people like that. You have come up to them and you say, hey, how are things going in your life with with that painful situation that you you just went through? And they say, hey, it was no big deal. (laughs) The past is past. What's done is done. And they walk right on past it. You see, what I am suggesting is that you be honest and you ask yourself the question, why should I change And may I suggest that you may want to change just because pain hurts. It doesn't feel good. Or maybe because I'm lonely or sad or stuck or tired of just wearing a mask and pretending that everything is okay. This past Christmas, an unnamed person dressed up in a red suit to visit some unnamed children so that he wouldn't be identified and I want you to know it worked these unnamed kids were elated that this man in a red suit visited their home but let me tell you what this unnamed man said about that that suit that mask it was very uncomfortable It was sweaty. He didn't like it. It wasn't him. It didn't fit. He just did it for these unnamed kids. You see, there's a lot of truth in that little story about masks, aren't there? They don't fit. They aren't you. They're uncomfortable. But why do we wear them? It's because we want to hide the pain don't want it to be identified with us i say this drop the mask and answer the question and it's okay to say i want a fresh start because you know what pain just hurts i want to change because i don't like that all my relationships that I choose to get involved in don't honor God. I want to change because I, I am tired of having just a whole hum life. I want a fresh start because I'm tired of being lost. I want to have a purpose for my life. Folks, Isaiah, from this painful situation, could have started off his fresh start and says, you know what, I'm just gonna go out and get plastered right now. I'm gonna go to one of those stores that has a green cross and I'm gonna get high, okay? I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna go shopping. But he didn't. He identified the pain. What about you? Do you really want a fresh start? Then what's the pain that's in your life? And if you don't identify the pain, then what mask are you going to choose? Because folks, it's one or the other. In almost 40 years of ministry, I have noticed that God will not bring the pain to you, but rather he wants you to bring the pain to him because he wants to help you see that he can give you a fresh start. And that leads us to the second thing. The second action, if you want a fresh start, is that you've got to recognize that it's all about God. Folks, that's what Isaiah's vision included. God's majesty, God's holiness, God's accessibility. Take a look at this verse. I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And they were calling together, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Folks, it's all about God. I know for my life, when I identify my pain, it brings me to a place in my relationship with God where I think about him first and foremost. I think about his greatness. I think about his power. I think about his holiness, his justice, his grace, his mercy. And it becomes my motivating factor for me to change. Because in reality, folks, I don't like pain. I don't know about you. I don't want to be in this little hole of pain. I want to move past it. In fact, he truly is one of the biggest motivators for change. Now, here's what happens a lot with people. They identify their pain, but instead of saying, you know what, it's all about God, they say it's all about self. What I need to do is I need to read a good self-help book. I need to go to one of those popular self-help seminars. I need to listen to a self-help MP3. I need to watch a Dr. Phil show, okay? They recognize that, that they're in pain, but they turn to the wrong stuff. They turn to some motivational speaker, by the way, uh, named of Tony, who has these big white teeth and he says, Hey, send me $79.95 and I will help you with the power that you have within you. Does that ever freak you out? Why should I send you $79.95, okay? For the power that I already have. Doesn't make any sense to me. But that's what we do. Can I tell you this? Life change will never happen apart from God. And and if you just make God one of your motivational speakers, that ain't gonna work either. It's gotta be all about God. In Isaiah's vision, that's what he had. He says, God, it's all because of you. You're God and I'm not. It's because of God that I need or or I want. I don't wanna waste my life. It's because of you, God, that I need to change. It's because of you, God, that I wanna change. It's because of you, God, that I can change. God, it is all about you. Now, because God changes everything, here's the question you ask for yourself. Frisco, you can write this down as well. Who is my God? And that is a fair question for each and every one of us because we all worship something. And if we're not worshiping the God of the Bible, then we are worshiping some other little God in our life. It may be a relationship. It may be our finances. It may be our possessions. But if it's not all about God, then I can tell you this. It's all about something. My question, though, is this. Is that something strong enough to give you a fresh start that's lasting? Isaiah said, you know what? It's all about God. He said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. It's all about him. So if I want a fresh start, I've got to identify the pain. I have got to recognize that it's all about God. But then the third thing is this, third action step, is that I've got to reveal the truth about myself. You see, that's what Isaiah does right here when he writes, in essence, God is holy, and by the way, I am some dirtbag, okay? God is holy, and I'm not. The whole earth is filled with his glory, but my glory doesn't fill anything at all. When he sees that it's all about God, his response is simple He says, Woe, woe to me, I am ruined, I am a man of unclean. Lips. Will you circle that response? Woe to me. Now, this is a very important theological point. When I look at myself in light of God's glory, I look very pale. In fact, I look ugly. And by that verse, write the word ugly or uglier. And if you don't know how to spell ugly, I will have you know that when I was going through high school, I just didn't watch the cheerleaders cheer. I learned how to spell from them, okay, when I was sitting on the bench, because that's where I was at most of the time. And so how do you spell ugly? Give me a U, U, give me a G, G, give me an L, L, give me a Y, Y, and what does it spell? Wow. Pretty good. I learned a lot on the bench. Now, gentlemen, I want to talk to you. Ladies, you don't have to listen to this. Guys, this is for you. Have you ever seen those two-way mirrors that they call magnifying mirrors? As my wife was doing a little shopping, I kind of wandered around the store. I saw one of these things. On one side is a normal mirror, on the other side, there's a light, and it magnifies everything. I want you to know those devices are from Satan. (laughs) One side's regular, the other side is magnified, and it allows you to see pores. And oil coming from your skin. And if you look close enough, you see little organisms building little condos with straws sucking the oil. They're called pimples, grouse. And yet, when I look at the normal side, you know what I see? I'm okay. I mean, I'm not going to win any contests, but I'm a lot better than Ashton Cutchin, okay? For sure, I'm a lot better looking than he is. But let's face it, some of us fit into the average category. There are some of us, however, here, and I can already see that you are below average, that's okay. I brought on a pastor on staff from California. His name is David Pfizer, the son of Cheryl, to, to relate to you. <laughs> oh, David, I'm going to get you back for calling me an old man. <laughs> but when I look at the normal mirror, I think I'm okay. When I look into the magnifying mirror, I go, ugh, that's gross. Folks, I tell you that because that's what Isaiah is going through right here. He's saying, when I put the light of God's glory up to my life, whoa, woe to me. In the Hebrew, he's just saying, holy cow, this is disgusting, okay? I don't like this. But here's the question that you have to ask yourself. Where is my heart? You see, if you're going to have a fresh start, you've got to answer the question, Where's my heart? And on the ugly scale, from one to 100, one, one equaling Jesus Jr., and 100 equaling the most wicked person, evil person that you know, where are you? Now, this is important. You see, when I look on the inside, you know what I see? I see thoughts that are wicked. I see pride, arrogance, a a thought that I'm superior to everyone else around me. I have impure motives, and that honest evaluation helps me to respond, ugh, woe is me. And it brings a sense of humility in our life. But in our culture, we don't like to do that. We don't like to slow down and evaluate, because in some sense, we're afraid of what we see. There have been times when I have been driving in to to church and maybe you've seen this too and there is a train of bikers, bicyclists, okay? There's maybe 30 long and they're wearing these leotard pants. Make them look like sissies, don't they? But as I'm driving by, I have this thought, what if I just caused the first guy to fall over? You laugh because you've had those thoughts. Now, not to hurt him, not to run over him, but just just to make him fall over, just to see what the other 29 bicyclists will do, okay? Now, I know some of you bicyclists out there are already thinking, I'm going to write him a nasty gram tomorrow, okay? In fact, I'm going to do it right now on Facebook. George, that is mean. I know it's mean. That's my illustration, It's wicked, it's evil, it's ugly. Where in the world did those thoughts come from? Now here's what knowing the truth about what's on the inside does for you, at least for me. It causes me not to be afraid of it, but rather it draws me closer to God. It just makes me wanna get closer to God because I don't wanna live that way anymore. I don't want that kind of ugliness in my life. I say, whoa, ugly me, ugly intentions, ugly motives, ugly thoughts. But with you, God, I can have a fresh start. Now, it would be a little depressing to stop at this part of the text, the ugliness of our hearts. But folks, there is more. You identify the pain. You recognize that it's all about God. You reveal the truth about yourself. And then the fourth action step is this, you release the past. Now, folks, I love mass confessions because I want us to all see that we're in the same boat. And so I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and leave them up for a while. If in your life you have ever had one regret. May I see your hands? I want you to look around. Look around. Frisco, you do the same thing. Look around. You can put them down. Folks, we're all in the same boat. And those of you who didn't raise your hands, you're in denial. You see, what do these regrets do? They do all kinds of things, don't they? They bring shame, embarrassment, anger, grief, resentment into our life. And if you and I are going to have a fresh start, we got to clean those things out. That is what Isaiah experienced in chapter 6 here. Look at verse 7. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sins atoned for. Will you underline your guilt has taken away and circle the phrase your sin is atoned for? Your sin has been paid for. Your sin is go- gone. Folks, God doesn't want you to enter into 2016 living with those kinds of emotions. He doesn't want you to enter in with those kinds of regrets. So what he does is that he offers you and I an incredible gift, the gift of forgiveness. The reality of life is that regrets are inevitable, but the reality of God is that he offers you and I forgiveness. Take a look at Psalms 32. David said this, finally I confessed all my sin to you and stopped trying to hide them and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Will you circle the word all? It's mentioned twice. God offers forgiveness to everyone. There is no one he will not forgive. And there is nothing that he won't forgive. He doesn't forgive 99.9% of things. No, he forgives all things. And Isaiah says, so now my guilt is gone. David in Psalms 103 says, he forgives my sins, plural. Not just one, not just a select few. He forgives them all. You see, he does that because God absolutely cares about you having a fresh start in 2016. And he says, if you have confessed your ugliness and you have given them to me, I will give you a fresh start. This is what the Bible teaches. All forgiven, no more guilt. It's behind me. Now, if you still feel guilty, for the things that you have confessed, those, those ugly things. Let, I just want you to know something, that guilt isn't from God. It, it may be from yourself, it may be from others, it may be from Satan, but it's not from God because when God forgives, it's all of it. And there is no guilt. And if there is guilt, it's that guilt that's keeping you from being the effective person that God has designed you to be. It is that guilt, those regrets, those resentments, that anger, that's inside, that's holding you back from your God-given potential. And what I want you to know is that you can release your past, and it can be behind you because God has released you from it. And so the question with this action is simply this, what am I holding on to? Regrets of a failed relationship, regrets of failed finances, regrets of wrong words spoken, regrets of things done. Let it go. God forgives. That's God's part. My part is to identify it. My part is to confess it. My part is to receive his forgiveness. My part is to live as forgiven. But for many people, they don't want to live forgiven. They want to relive the past. Or others want to relive it for them. You see, as human beings, we have a weird nature that we love to confess other people's sins. Have you noticed that? At Christmas Eve services, there's a a number of kids. I was saying this to all of them, but there was this one set. A a brother and a sister says, hey, are you guys on the naughty list or on the good list? And And the little girl says, I'm on the nice list, but my brother's on the naughty list. And she ripped off about five things. The parents' eyes went that big, and I'm going, hmm, embarrassing. We got something weird about our nature that we love to confess other people's sins, but we don't like to confess our own we like to come up and say, do you remember that thing that you did? and it was really wicked, and you're laughing about it. But it's really not a joke. It may be funny 10 years later, but by revisiting it, you're giving them an opportunity to relive it, and that may not be a good thing. Someone in our family said, do you remember several years ago? When, when, when you said something terrible like, Santa is not gonna bring you a gift because you brats are just terrible. Now there's no need to bring up the name who said that, okay? Were there regrets? Yes. My wife felt bad about it for years. <laughs> Forgiveness from God? Yes. Recovery for the kids? It took a long time. Good story? Absolutely. Forgotten? No way in the world. But in God's eyes, forgiveness results in forgetfulness because God moves on. Will you move on? Will this year be a different year than in years past? The reason I say that and mention this is because I see so many who have been forgiven, but they don't live forgiven. Let me encourage you, if you're one of those, talk with someone about it. Because if you will, it will release its grip on you, and you will be able to embrace the fresh start that God has for you. The fifth action step that we see in this passage is you say yes to God. First, you identify the pain. Secondly, you recognize that it's all about God. Third, you evaluate your heart. You see the ugliness, okay? Fourth, you realize, uh, you release your past, that God forgives. And then number five, you say yes to him. Look at verse eight. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Will you circle that phrase? That's the fresh start. Isaiah, what he's doing here is he's saying yes to God. Here I am God, I wanna be your person. I wanna be your person to do your work this year. God, I wanna be the husband that you want me to be in this marriage. I wanna be the, the, the wife that you want me to be in this marriage. I wanna I want be the parent that you want me to be for my kids. God, I want to be the employer or employee that you want me to be at the workplace. God, I want to be who you want me to be. I'm saying yes to you. Send me. Folks, there are very few things that you and I can control in life. I think we would all admit that. But there are some things that we can control. We can control our response to God by simply saying yes. We can control doing our part in a fresh start. Isaiah did, and as a result, he experienced a great fresh start because he did what he could do. What about you? When will you get started? Next year, or not next year, next week, I start a series, God Strong. Here's my challenge. Don't just think of yourself as we take a look in a fresh way at four very familiar areas of our life that we need tune-ups on, that we need a strong foundation laid by God with. I want you to think of those who you would want to invite We're gonna start with the spiritual. We're gonna look at the physical like we've never looked at it before. We're gonna take a look at finances and we're going to take a look at relationships. We're gonna build a strong foundation but let it not be just for us. Think of three people that you wanna invite to this series because God wants people to experience a fresh start. Let's pray. Lord, today, we thank you that you're a God who knows our future and desires us to have the fresh starts that you want in our life. And you have the ability, God, to help us get there. Today, in the quietness of our own hearts, Maybe you need a fresh start with God. You've known about him. You've had him in your head. But it's become stale and ho-hum. Today, will you drop him from your head to your heart? Will you drop him from being a fan to a follower of Christ? And just say, God, send me. God, thank you. Thank you for the forgiveness that I have through you. Thank you that all my sins have been washed away. That there's no longer any guilt. And God, the guilt that I might have, God, may I just move on from it? Realizing you have forgiven and it is forgotten. Today, if that's you, would you let me know? So I can pray for you this week? Just put the letter F on it for your faith. And I'll send you some literature that'll help you understand what you've done. Maybe it's a relationship. I don't know. Life gets hard, especially during the holidays. It causes us to evaluate just kind of where we're at. And you want to be different. You want to be a different parent. You want to be a different spouse. Today, will you just, in the quietness of your heart, just give it to God. Just confess, God... I've said some things. I've done some things that are wrong. But thank you, with you, I can have the strength to move past them and to be a better person for your glory and for other people's good. I don't know what your fresh start is for this year, but I know this, that God wants to give you one. Will you just let me know on your connection card so that I can pray for you this coming year? Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your holiness. I thank you for your majesty, for your greatness. I thank you for your grace and your kindness. I thank you, God, for your power that you give us as we humble ourselves before you to say, send me, God. I'm saying yes to you this year. In your son's name, we give this for his glory and for other people's good. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and continue in our worship by giving back to the Lord.